Thank him for your life. Thank him for your health. Thank him for your strength. While you're standing, if you don't mind, would you, if you just touch the person next to you? You don't have to hold a hand, just elbow to elbow, arm to arm. Just get close enough to touch them, if you will. The person you're touching is going through something right now. The person you're touching is dealing with their own life issues. The person you're touching has some things that they've been praying about and praying for. It's not all bad. Some of it is the choice between two good decisions, just trying to make the best one. It's not all bad. Sometimes the issue is that they're feeling a little pain because someone they've left gone off to college or moved to another city. It's not always all bad, but something inside of them right now feels a little pain. And I just want you, with your touch, a reminder that God is ever-present. So in your own way, you say a little prayer right now. You just, as you touch and agree, as you touch and agree, just touch and agree. Hallelujah. Don't pray for yourself. You got to pray for the person you're touching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Meet their needs, God. Let them not leave this Sunday the same way. Have your way. Move special for them. Every hurt, heal it. Every tear, dry it. Every issue, handle it. Even now, God, lift up their head. Lift up their head. Lift up their spirit. Let them know that you're an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We know you're able, and we believe it's done. Speak in this place today. Speak in this place today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the source of my strength. You are the strength of my life. I live my hands in total praise to you. Would you help me say it again? You are the source of my strength. Yes, you are. You are the strength of my life. I live my hands in One more time, say it like you mean it. You are, you are. 
If you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And we're going to read Philippians chapter 4. I promise you I'll be very brief this morning. I won't be very long. But I've got some things I want to share with you. I want to speak into your life today. The Lord, when I was sitting in my seat, and somebody sitting in the balcony, hear me real good. I was sitting in my seat. The Lord said, I want you to preach to someone in the balcony this morning. Look to them. Speak to them in the balcony. I said, no, Lord. I got everything. He said, speak to someone. So someone in the balcony, God said, God sent you today. You're supposed to be here. There's something special God wants to see speak into your life. So I don't want you to miss what I'm about to say today. Don't drift off. God's talking to you. God's talking to you. I want to tell you something. This is a special Sunday. You're supposed to be here. I don't know why, but you're supposed to be here today. You're in the right place at the right time to receive a blessing from the Lord. So I'm going to preach prophetically this morning. I'm not going to preach a regular sermon, so don't be upset by the style in which I'll deliver. Just stay with me as I talk to you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I'm going to read different translations of the same verse for three different points. So here first, this New King James Version. Here it says, finally, I'm going to add brothers and sisters. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Look at the person next to you say, neighbor, it's time to shift your focus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. time to shift your focus. I said to you a week ago that there are different types of attention that we give to things. Sometimes it's selective attention, sometimes it's divided, sometimes it's sustained, sometimes it's executive. Uh, and some of us are really uh, bad at giving attention to things. My wife rebuked me the other Sunday after church. She said you were too busy, you were trying to talk to too many people, she said, and I need you to focus on the one person in front of you. I said, okay, babe, but I, but I was trying. And she said, I need you to stay in there because I, how do you know I wasn't paying attention? She said, because they had already told you that and you asked it again. Oh. I need you to stay focused. Now, that only happens on Sunday because you're trying to pan and get five, six, seven people. And she says, I need you just to be in front of the one you're in front of. I received the rebuke and gave it to you. Just share my word. I'm not even shamed. Trying to be all things to all people, all of a sudden you find yourself with divided attention. And some of you are suffering from that right now. I'm going to talk to some man in here. Don't let there be a sports game on and your wife trying to talk to you because... You're suffering from divided attention. And if your favorite player is up to bat, just about when she's saying something, you will say, huh? <laughs> oh, ladies, you're just as bad. Let a Lifetime movie be on. You can't hear anything because 
you got my point. The, the reality is that all of us fight through these different places in which we focus our attention. We focus and not focus all at the same time. To focus means to concentrate on a single stimuli. Sometimes we make cognitive shifts in our focus, as in we're on to one thing and we're on to the next, and sometimes they are unconscious shifts that we are unaware of. We switch all the time. We live in what we refer to as cognitive flexibility. We are always shifting focus. Some of you simply call it multitasking. And I want to tell you this, please, if you're going to multitask, do it anywhere but while you're driving, okay? Because I've seen some of y'all, and uh, even when you're paying attention, it's just scary. But when you're texting, it's downright frightening. What I keep telling people is, you have to learn in life how to take your attention off of things that are negative, that are dragging you down, and bring yourself to things that are going to elevate you. Because sometimes, what we focus on too much are the, what we used to call them Debbie Downers. We focus on those things that pull a gnaw at our spirit. You could have a great day. I, ladies, can, would y'all let me pick on you one more time? You could have just gone to the beauty parlor, had your hair done, you got your baddest outfit on, and everybody you saw noticed you had a new hair. Ooh, that looks so cute. That's just right on you. Ooh, your child, where'd you get it cut at? Let one person walk up to you and say, I don't know what you were thinking about. And all day long, you'll be looking in the mirror. I don't know what I was thinking about either. Just <laughs> 10 people said something good. One person killed your whole vibe. You, you have to realize that there are times in our lives we allow ourselves to focus on the wrong thing. And subsequently, we suffer from it, we suffer from it, we suffer from it, we suffer from it, we get depressed from it, we get low moods from it, we become sour over it, we become bitter over it, we can't get ourselves back up out of it, we get into a funk, and we cannot get, what's the name of this funk? Spider-Man. We just get stuck in the web. Young people got that, old folk can get it on the next round. Listen, the old time, uh, Bing Crosby sang a song, and le years later, the queen, of, the queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, she did it up big time. She did the same song. It, it's, it's called, You Got to Accentuate the Positive. Y'all want to hear, just, just hit that one time. Sound man. Hang on 
Mr. That Affirmative, but don't mess with Mr. In-Between. I don't care if none of y'all like it. My, 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 my mentor, Mr. Washington, is bobbing his head. That's all I need. It's good. I just need one. Just need one. That's all I need. That's, it. That's it. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Listen, I was going to wait until she got to the part where she really reared back and get it. You know, she, she uh, aretheizes it later on. What, 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 what they gleaned and what they understood even in that big band song era, was that there are times when we spend too much time on negativity. And some of y'all right now, y'all spending too much time on negativity. I see some people who tweet and Insta ham and, yeah, cause that's all they're doing, they're just hamming, they just, taking pictures, folk falling off the Grand Canyon trying to get the perfect picture. Poor. Really? It's too often that we spend our time in negative thinking. And so I, I, I want to tell you what, what the apostle was trying to simply say. It's time to rearrange our lives and our thoughts through a discipline of meditation. Shifting your focus from negative towards the outcome you desire is not something new. This is biblical. If you're going to allow God's peace to flow through you, you are responsible for the peaceful flow. Look, you're not responsible for what people do to you but you are responsible for how you handle your healing. Somebody can hurt you, life can hurt you. You're responsible for taking charge over your life. Remember, you're at the center of your storm and only you can quiet the seas of your life. I want to suggest prayer and meditation are the way to do that. You know, so somebody will say, we are what we think. And we take that as a cheap slogan. And it is somewhat trite. It is a slogan. But what one has to realize is there's truth in there. Just realize this, brothers and sisters. If you live in negative thoughts, you're going to feel negative, act negative, and talk negative. You know some people who will always find something wrong even with sunshine. Even on a bright day, they will complain. When it's hot, it's always too hot. When the, I can't wait till winter comes, then it's too cold. They say, ooh, I want snow for Christmas. They say, oh, Lord, we got a white Christmas. We ain't able to drive nowhere. A negative spirit continues. Let me tell you this. Despondency breeds despondency. When one gets to the point where one feels worthlessness, guess what? Even though you are valuable, you will make yourself miserable and believe yourself not to be so. You take yourself into the valley of despair. 
And then you live among the dry bones and you need somebody to speak to those bones so that you can live. You've got to realize the same thing goes with bitterness. If you walk in bitterness, guess what happens? You're going to be bitter. You walk in unforgiveness, you're going to be unforgiving. You're going to walk around miserable. Some of us don't realize that we're living and wallowing in self-pity. We have fragmented ourselves. We have lived a life that is allowing us to live beneath the privilege that God has given to us. We don't even recognize ourselves anymore because of the way we've allowed ourselves to think. Yeah, what Paul offers us is some positive affirmations. Paul says, these are the noble virtues in which you ought to think. Now listen to me saying, this going to mess with you. This might even mess with your philosophy. It might even mess with your theology. And I don't care. I'm going to tell you something that you need to know. There's nothing on that list that could not have been written by any Greek philosopher. There's nothing spiritual about it. There's nothing heavy in it. It ain't deep. What does that mean, Reverend? The things which are true are true, not because they're in your faith or in your religion, but because they're universal truths. Some things just are. I know I messed somebody's head up, but you have to understand, right living has no bounds in faith. What one has to understand is what Paul says is meditate on these things, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. Everybody ought to live that way. See, what, what some Christians have allowed themselves to throw away is what they consider to be new thought. They say, well, this is new thought stuff, Reverend. This is the law of attraction. And that's new thought, that's a new thought philosophy. And if you start teaching new thought philosophy, people will not be Christian. No, new thought is not even new. You need to understand something. Paul made it clear, and so does Jesus, long before new thought was thought of. That what you think about, you become. I'm not talking about you thinking up on a pot of gold and the pot of gold gone. That, that's not new thought. That's just foolishness. No, what I'm talking about is that the way in which I allow my mind to function, I need to control it. And if I govern my thoughts, I will have control of my destiny. Let me tell you something. When worry appears... The cure for worry is prayer. But there's also another cure that goes along with worry because worry is also a sign of a disorderly mind. So the cure for that mental part of you is the practical discipline of meditation. And the Jews were taught this, that there were certain things they needed to meditate on. Now, don't get deep with me now. I'll come back and I'm going to teach you what I mean by meditation in the next couple of weeks. But get this part. What he was saying here is reckon with this. Ponder this. It is also translated think on these things. In other words, you have the ability to affix your mind to certain thoughts. And 
when you go drifting off to a thought that shouldn't be in your mind, you have the ability to shift your focus. Preach whilst I'm trying to. You have the ability, if I have the ability, well, let me, let me help you here. Some of y'all right now, you looking at me right now, you know for yourself, there are certain things that you've worried about in the past that in hindsight, you just wasted your time and had to get new blood pressure medicine. Not only should you not have been worrying, but, but you really rediscovered that it made no sense because the worry didn't help nothing. Preach Watts, come on. Three things I want you to take out of this message. I, I, they, they tell me my time is up, I'm out of time, I'm not on the word. Yeah, three quick things. Number one, I want you to understand that meditation is dynamic and powerful. I'm going to come back and talk about what it is and how we do it next week. Come on. It's dynamic and powerful. How do I know? How do I know it's dynamic? Here in the Message Bible, he uses it this way. Verse 8, he says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say that you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst. He says, look, I say filling up your mind and meditating on these things. Let me tell you something. If you concentrate on stupidity, you should not be surprised if the end result is ignorance. <sighs> if you concentrate on stupidity, you should not be surprised, thank you, Mr. Washington, if the end result is ignorance. When I was younger, we would, we, when we got into certain situations, we would use this phrase. It was simply, bump the dumb stuff. Fist bump somebody real quick, just say, bump the dumb stuff. See, some of you, you going around, all you looking for is the boogeyman. All you're looking for is what's wrong, what's going to go wrong, how bad it's going to be. And because meditation is dynamic and powerful, I need to be clear here. I don't just mean in the affirmative or the positive, I also mean in the negative. So as powerful as it is to help me fulfill my destiny in God, it is also that powerful to bring me down to my baser self. I promise you, uh, some of you have committed big sins, you know who you are. I promise you that no sin that you've committed since you tried to be a Christian did you not give great thought to before it happened. Don't smile, don't look at anybody else, keep looking right at me. Nobody has to know I'm talking to you. Visualized it, thought about it, thought pondered hot, come on here. 
energy into something negative. Come on now. All of your life, you have been using this law in your life. You have been using it. You have been concentrating and meditating on things you want all your life. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you sisters are great Canadian Mounties. You know what their, their slogan is? They always get their man. That brother thought he was rapping at you and you were wrapping him up. Okay, I got to go. My time is almost up. Number two, number two. <laughs> Meditation is defining and personal. What do you mean defining? I can define who I am by what I choose to think about. Okay. I knew I was going to be a preacher when I was a child. My every waking moment was about the word and about preaching and about what I wanted to be. I knew I was going to be a preacher. I knew I was going to be a preacher. I was going to preach. But my sisters, one of them sitting over yonder right there. The other one's in Alabama with her mother-in-law, greeting her. God bless you. This is Glory Jean. Thank God she's getting better and better healthy. As Deacon Miles' mother just got a good uh, all clear from her diagnosis. She's in Alabama, and I got one down in New Haven. All three of them were McGuire. And I used to preach to them. By the time I was 15, I was preaching the gospel. I started preaching in 1976 at 15, March 28th. Start preaching. Yes, I did. And the Lord moved in me. I started pastoring here in 1985. And around 1986, 87, I met this young lady right here. Now, now I'm going somewhere. So when I met her, her mama looked at me and she was like, you like it? I found out about that later on. Watch this, I'm going somewhere. Her mama said to her, to her sister down in North Carolina, said, um, said, you need to know that my daughter is liking and dating the preacher. She said, uh, you don't have to worry about that. You know, don't even think about that. Ain't gonna be no problem. Ain't nothing to it. Unless you see her reading the Bible, studying the Bible. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Her mama walked into the room. She had her Bible out. She said, oh, Lord! Because what you meditate on defines you. And it's always personal. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to bless somebody right now. Look at, look at the person next to say, neighbor, guard your thoughts.
because they will define you. Last point, I'm all done. No holler, no scream. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm done. Meditation is determinate and prophetic. It is determinate and prophetic. Okay, Benjamin, what do you mean? Let me help you right here. I can tell you who you're going to be and what you're going to be just by knowing what you've been spending your time on. Y'all don't hear me. You knew I was going to be a preacher because my Bible was messed up. It was full of papers that were moved and strewn. I wrote into the margins because I knew what God was calling me to. It was determined by my meditation and prophetic into what God was going to take me. Y'all don't hear me now. You go back and check your life and think about the things you've been processing. Some of you have been processing the sciences and guess what? Prophetic into that work. Some of you have been processing medicine. Prophetic into that work. Some of you have been processing music. Prophetic into that work. You will not get to where you want to be if you do not realize the power of that which you think about and focus on. There's power inside of your mind and power inside of your spirit. You can tap in to the energy of God, the Holy Ghost, the anointing as a believer and draw on God's power to determine your destiny. It is determined by what you do more than by what you are born. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise.